The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you may be, and welcome to Tuning Up Your Tunes, Tips and Guidelines for Enhancing Your Vocal Skills. I am Lisa Brooks, and along with me is my partner in singing, uh, Goodwin Bruno, and uh, we are facilitating this call. This is going to be a six-part series. Um, we're going to meet once a month on the second Wednesday of every month, um, and hopefully you guys can join us for, for each part, but even if you miss a part, we're, we're going to try and make it so that um, it's not like a book where you have to read from beginning to end. So hopefully um, those of you who can join us every second Wednesday of the month can be here for the time that we are conducting this series. Um, I would like to thank Desi for being our host and also Darcy for streaming and also being the moderator in Clubhouse. And I also want to thank you guys for being here because without you, this would be no fun um, and we know that you have lots of choices uh, as far as where you can be in the community or places to be uh, and things to do with your own time. So we appreciate that you are sharing some of your time with us. Um, Gudrun and I have never hosted a call before. Um, I think both of us have probably been panelists or I helped co-host something once. But we do ask for your patience since we are new at this thing. And um, we're not sure as far as how the pacing is going to go. So we are learning. And um, we may have either we may either have too much material or not enough. We're not really sure. So, um, again, we just ask for your patience as we, too, are learning through this this community curve here. Um, what we're going to talk about today, I'll just give you a really quick overview of what we're going to do. We're just going to give you a brief introduction of who we are. Then we're going to talk about some singing myths that um, some of you may have heard or not heard of before and try and bust them open and get rid of those negative things that might be related to why uh, some people kind of hesitate either when they're trying to learn how to sing or when they're, um, you know, sort of on their singing journey. Then we're going to talk about some practical steps for practicing and also we're going to end it with information on breathing and posture and all good things like that. And then we're going to take some Q&A because we would love to hear from you guys to find out what types of things that you would like to learn or maybe um, what might be what might be holding you back or what you might consider to be a roadblock uh, on your singing journey. So we're going to get started with introductions since I've spouted off for the last minute or two. I'm going to turn it over to Gudrun so she can tell you a little bit more about herself. And Gudrun, if you're talking, we can't hear you. Desi? Yes, I'm here. Okay, good. Gudrun, would you like to introduce yourself, please? I'm trying to unmute myself. There you oh, are. Oh, awesome. Okay, great. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, here we go. Um, well, I'm Swedish. I was born in Sundsvall, about 400 kilometers north of Stockholm, and grew up in a small apartment with my mother's large family of eight. And uh, our apartment was uh, situated in a wooden house with other apartments with equally large families. So there was a lot of people in that house. Um, I'm talking rustic here. Um, anyway, a big radiogramophone cabinet occupied the place of honor in the one cham uh, chamber back of the kitchen. Grandpa liked accordion music and played it. Pretty well, so that was kind of what I was first exposed to. 
I knew exactly what I wanted to be when I grew up. A hairdresser, a writer, a singer, and an actor. If only I could figure out how to get into that big radio gramophone. Goes without saying that people weren't too keen on helping me on that score. Uh, I'm a pretty good, decent hairdresser, though. Um, my relatives often wanted me to sing when visitors came, and I was reluctant for... There was also kind of reaction, you know, that people do, uh, oh, and uh, <clears throat> I sort of didn't like that because I thought that's just because I'm a kid, a blind kid singing, but, you know, I didn't have the vocabulary to express that at the age of four and a half. So the way I solved the problem was to stand with my hands over my ears while I was singing so that I didn't have to hear the post-performance reactions. Well, I, um, I I don't have any problem with that anymore. I don't uh, do that anymore. Um, <clears throat> um, my first uh, public performance was at the age of five at uh, my mom's wedding, where I sang The Rose and the Butterfly, Rosen of Jarilin. I'd never sung to accompaniment before, and I was awestruck. Almost as awestruck as I am by the turnout today, anyway. Uh, the Tomte Buddha School for the Blind in Stockholm, then mainstreamed at 15 in my parents' hometown. And after high school graduation, Stockholm University for studied in, in French, German, and English, followed by a teacher's college, I taught adult education, English at various schools in Gothenburg. How did I come to be in the U.S.? Well, I met an exchange student uh, from Salinas, California, and uh, she suggested I visit her family one summer, and that uh, led to an invitation to come back and study Spanish at the Institute of Foreign Language in Monterey, California. And I became a San Franciscan in 1981, eventually started taking singing lessons for various people. I worked as a student service coordinator at the San Francisco State University for disabled students, uh, personnel clerk, and here in TWISP with the uh, that's where I'm living uh, at present with Rob uh, as an events coordinator for a music learning and performing organization called Cascadia. And now I'm a phone interpreter, a translator, and a vocal instructor. And open to break into audiobook narration. And I am in the worst uh, spot on that journey. Uh, you know, outreach. I mean, uh, trying to contact people who aren't exactly dying to hear from you and eager to grab up your talent. And that's my introduction. Awesome. Thank you, Goodrin. So um, as I mentioned, I am Lisa Brooks, and I am by no means an expert on the topic of singing. I just love to sing. Um, and the reason I wanted to do this call was because ACB seemed to have calls on everything, right? Learning Spanish. There was calls on playing the guitar, exercise. And I don't remember ever seeing one that came on this topic. So I thought, well, why not have a call on singing? So um, I consider myself to be an average singer. Like, I'm not going to embarrass myself usually um, when I sing. Um, but I want to learn and to do better. So any knowledge that I have had, I learned from my choir director in high school. Because anytime I could do something with singing and as a teenager, I would and the music ministers at a church where I spent most of my teen years. Um, and the one thing I will say is I'm very, very thankful for ACB because when I, and I, when I, I was very heavily involved in, in the church um, singing as a soloist, and I was lucky enough to be at an age when I could sing in both the youth and adult choirs, so that was really fun. Um, but then some things happened, and, and I didn't attend that particular church anymore. Um, and so I really, since I didn't go to church anymore, people just assumed that I'd stop singing. And the only people who ever heard me anymore were, well, when I, once I got married and then my kids. So I really didn't sing for like, I don't know, 20-something years. Um, and then when we started up this karaoke thing, I really felt like I was so grateful for ACB because... I sort of felt like I had a chance to kind of get my voice back. Um, 
And so that's kind of uh, where I am right now. Um, I follow a lot of vocal coaches on YouTube. So that's where I've learned a lot of stuff. Um, and I asked Gudrun to come on this call with me because she has the technical experience that I do not have since she is a vocal coach um, and has taken lessons and, and things like that in the past. So that's kind of where we are and, and how we got here. Um, so why don't we, I, I think to me singing is, it's fun. It allows me a chance to be creative um, and it's mostly free right your 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 voice is free it's with you all the time and um and um you can the the cool thing about singing is and maybe is i can't think of a culture that does not have some form of singing in it um and i've wrecked my brain and uh, you know every country has songs we all sing happy birthday so Music is everywhere. And so if, if we can do something to help you know, enhance it and make it better, that's a really cool thing to do. All right. So before we uh, get started into um, debunking some of those singing myths. Do we have uh, any questions? Right. Is that right? Um, sure. We can see if. We don't have well, any actually, hands right now. Okay. Okay. Um, all right, so we're going to go on and talk about some of these singing myths that some people kind of carry along. I think of, I sort of think of this part of the call as maybe like my, the psychological minute because a lot of singing is, you know, psychological in, in terms of your mindset. Um, so let's start on the first singing myth. And the first kind of singing myth, or not, not a myth, but can anyone learn to sing or do you have to be born with a so-called singing gene? And I'm going to turn that over to Goodwin. Well, being born with a singing gene helps, of course. There's no question about that. <coughs> but, I, I mean, um, as an example of that, we have um, Glenn Yarbrough, who probably had one of the most beautiful voices that I've ever heard. That's just one. No, but if you are um, born uh, with being uh, rhythmically and vocally challenged, uh, if you are lucky, you can become a famous singer anyway, like Mrs. Elva Miller. I don't know if you heard her in the 60s. She had hits with Downtown, My Love, and um, she started out uh, performing uh, I had her first performance on at the Johnny Carson show. She was a frequent audience member there. And uh, she recorded the albums. And uh, <clears throat> sorry, I am challenged this morning. <clears throat> All right. And we also have a Finnish tenor who was famous, especially in Sweden. I still remember... You know, and he was actually very musically gifted. And I don't know if this was his born with voice or if he cultivated it for its, you know, its entertaining value. He was very popular, as was Mrs. Miller. So I don't know if. Anybody would want to strive to become uh, modern-day Mrs. Miller or M.A. Nominen. But uh, the, what I want to say is, uh, yes, being born with a singing gene helps, but you can work up uh, if the singing gene is a little bit uh, less than what you would like it to be. There is definitely hope. Awesome. Um, we've all heard of, of prodigies. They are rare. And singing is a skill um, that, that can be learned and developed and, and that you can grow with it. Um, so, and, and you can see examples of this just in, in, in other things too. If you are mechanically inclined, 
you know, you're still probably watching the Home and Garden channel or home improvement shows. Um, my mom was an excellent seamstress. She could sew anything. Um, but she was always looking in magazines and doing different things to look for new ideas uh, and, and learning you know, new ways to um, enhance her craft. So I think... Um, and, and athletes, athletes are the same way, right? Um, some people are, are born, you know, with a certain body type um, that maybe might help them with certain physical aspects of the sport that they play. But without training and time spent to work on it, you know, then they don't, they're, they're not going to improve. And I think singing is the same way. Um, again, I think a lot of it too is mindset and getting over, you know, maybe psychological barriers or, you know, just, just trying something that's, that might be a little bit different than you're used to. All right. Um, the next singing myth that I have is you have to sing high notes in order to be a good singer. Um, and I will say to that one that if that were really true, then we wouldn't have beautiful choirs that we love to hear because we all have our own unique voices and um, we need every type of voice. You know, a choir wouldn't be a choir without an alto, a soprano, a tenor, or a bass. And even though all of those realms have high notes somewhere for that particular person, um, you know, you don't have to always be singing in the clouds in order to sound really good right? Think of Barry White, right? That deep, deep voice, you know, you couldn't imagine him <laughs> trying to sing really, really high. Um, or Adele, you know, she has a nice solid voice and Lady Gaga does too. So um, think of how our world would be if we all just felt like only high voices could steal the show. Gudrun, do you have an, anything to add to that? <laughs> well, there is some um... There, uh, there, there are lots of offers, you know, from that you can, if you happen to be uh, sub subscribed to a list for uh, that. Uh, for example, Matt Ramsey is a, a coach who says that he can hit you high, hit those high notes. And what, um, what we have, you know, there's a, a, a two concepts: the head voice. And the chest voice. <clears throat> Somebody like Edith Piaf, she could take her head, uh, her chest voice really up, and la da da la da 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 da. No, the head voice is that you know. So that's where a lot of uh, sopran opera sopranos li live, and so for pop singers there's this this uh, challenge that they want to be able to take that chest voice really up and uh, what uh, can be done with that is to uh, uh, work on trying to blend in blend the two registers if you can and that's another uh, that's another subject and so forth but that's uh, the head voice and chest voice, and, and some people really want to have that high chest voice because that's where the money is in the industry today, you know, right? <laughs> and I, I don't particularly have that, so um, I, I, and I understand the pain. Anyway. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. And I'm going to, now we're coming up to what I consider to be kind of my favorite myth, um, which is, am I too old? To learn to sing or to, you know, continue um, practicing uh, learning songs. Um, so I'm going to tell you about a couple of people. My new hero. Here's my new hero. Her name is Angela Alvarez. And in 2022, she was the oldest person to be nominated for a Latin Grammy at the very young age. Oh, she was nominated for artist of the for best new artist, okay? And she also um, won as it was she was tied. So both people who were tied got home, got 
got to take home the um, Latin Grammy Award for Best New Artist. And she did this at the very young age of 95. So I thought that was really, really cool. And I actually went and looked her up and listened to her. And um, I would never have thought that, you know, she was probably 94 when she recorded it, uh, her album. Um, anyway, she has a fascinating story. Um, and I have a quote from her from a People magazine article. And I thought I would share it. And it says, to those who have not fulfilled their dream, although life is difficult, there is always a way out. And with faith and love, you can achieve it. I promise you it's never too late. Anyway, she it's just got a real, real cool story about kind of how she ended up um, recording an album at like the age of 93 or 94. And um, so, yeah, Angela Alvarez, feel free to look her up. And, and the other person I wanted to mention, and I don't know what it is about this. It's totally coincidental. I don't know if it had to do with the fact that the pandemic was over. Um, but also in the year of 2022, uh, someone who took home the Grammy for Best Traditional Pop Vocal Album, uh, along with Lady Gaga, was Tony Bennett. And he was actually, ironically, oh, yeah. the same age as um, Angela Alvarez. He was 95 when that happened. Um, so I just wanted to point out those folks as just kind of to give you some inspiration. Um, and um, go ahead, Gudrun. No, I agree with you that, that there are some, I mean, Joan Baez still sings. Her voice has changed some. And that can happen also with age. And uh, that's something to, uh, if you, uh, you have to sort of, in that case, do uh, what you can to not uh, be... Uh, stuck on the idea of how you used to sound 30 years ago. Uh, sound uh, can change. And how do I sound today? And that's, uh, if I am performing today, that's what I sound like. And do the best that uh, you can. And uh, put practice in, practice your pieces. And, uh, and and so so that's no I I definitely feel that uh, aging does not is not uh, a time to stop singing. I love that advice, Gudrun. Just be the best that you can be wherever you're at, whatever your age and whatever your skill level is. That is fantastic. Um, okay, so why don't we stop for just a second? And those were the myths that I came up with, um, or maybe you want to call them challenges. So if you can think of some that you just want to sort of put us on the spot with, please feel free to raise your hand. We either... do have a couple of hands already. Awesome. Okay. Both either uh, on Zoom or in Clubhouse. And um, Desi, we'll go with, with you first. Why don't you go ahead and Pick a, oh, a okay, person. we have um, area code 703 ending in 880. Yes, hello. Hi, my name is Matt. Um, thank you very much for having this call. Um, um, I appreciate um, the discussions about um, um, the joys of singing and um, uh, the mentioning of um, uh, singing celebrities. Uh, but I... I I highly uh, recognize the, the practical um, uh, benefits of singing, um, of humming, of using a voice. Uh, everybody has the instrument of a voice. Well, hopefully. Um, there are people who are mute, but uh, those who have the voice can use their singing voice, whether it's humming or singing in the shower or things like that to maintain and or build brain health. Um, as was mentioned, uh, Tony Bennett, he, um, he famously had Alzheimer's disease, but he, when he started singing, he, he, he just turned, he turned it on and his brain just activated. And I think was proven scientifically. 
Yeah, I I think that's uh, definitely uh, because there are areas. I mean, the I don't. I'm not a medical professional in any way, but I think that Alzheimer's affect different areas, but there may may be uh, zones that aren't affected or that just kick in. And I think that that his singing zone kicked in, kicks. You know, so that uh, yeah, I think you're right. That's. I I think I heard him sing and it was remarkable. Yeah. And you bring up such a wonderful and, point. Uh, oh sorry. I'm sorry. I just want to finish up um uh also um uh singing uh as a health benefit as a health benefit is mentioned also in uh AARP uh magazine. And so I'll, I'll leave it at that. But thank you for taking my uh call. Oh, you're Absolutely. welcome. Thank you for bringing up that point. And it's such a wonderful point about the benefits of singing in so many ways, um, not only for your cognitive ability and your memory, but also for mood enhancement. Um, I would imagine that um, I know that if I'm singing a happy song, it's kind of hard to be sad when you're you're singing something happy. And when you're feeling sad and you sing a sad song, it also helps you know, maybe release some of those emotions. Um, and, you know, for, for breathing and, you know, moving and, and all that uh, wonderful benefits to singing. So thank you so much, Matt, for mentioning that. Okay, Desi, who's next? Melissa. Okay, um, good morning from Washington State. Hi, <laughs> Melissa. And hi, Lisa. Hello, Gudrun. Um, both of you are just amazingly talented. And I am a trained singer, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate you having this call. Um, I was trained as an opera singer, although that's not my forte. <laughs> I am not an opera singer by any means. I'm more of a country and Christian singer um, and a fun singer. But I wanted That's to so bring cool. up a, I wanted to bring up another artist that um, was not mentioned yet, and that is Mr. Leroy Van Dyke. Uh, Mr. Oh, yeah. Van Dyke, he is a wonderful country singer. He also <laughs> oh, was a yeah. he, he was a he's a professional auctioneer, um, or was. But he had two songs out that were very popular. One was called "Walk On By," which spent 19 weeks on the charts at number one. That's the most that um, Billboard, according to Billboard, that's the most weeks of a song being at number one and the other of course was his famous auctioneer song that he wrote about his cousin ray sims uh who was a professional auctioneer and one of the best but let me tell you he is now 94 years young but you would not know it when he performs on the grand Ole opry on, on any other stage he i heard i've heard from people that are cited that he still stands up on a stage he doesn't sit down at all. He still stands up on a stage and can still do that auction chant and make it sound so awesome. Uh, but he's still alive and well today. He just had a birthday, I believe, in November, but he's now 94. But again, you would seriously not know it. And I want to just go back to the gentleman that spoke uh, spoke before. I learned in choir class when I was in high school, we had a our music teacher had a barbershop quartet um, that these were all elderly gentlemen that came to sing and they were wonderful. But one, one of the comments that one of the guys made is he said, you can play sports for half of your life, but you can sing all of your life. You can sing at the age of a hundred and, and you know, you might not sound as good, but who knows you still might, but that is something you cannot do in any other profession. That's true. Yeah, that's a love great Leroy point. Van Dyke. <laughs> uh, you love Leroy Van Dyke? Me too. He yeah. he he is amazing. Anytime he comes on the Opry, I just I just start standing up and clapping my hands and having a good time, especially when he does the auctioneer <laughs> song, um, awesome. which he always does. And, and Brenda Lee is also still fairly good, although I don't hear her as much. But she's like in her eighties, um, and she still sings. Um, Ronnie Millsap is in his eighties; he still sings. So. You know, there are people that, that do it. And I just want to remind everybody that whether you say you can sing or not, please know that you have the most wonderful, wonderful instrument in your body, and that is your voice. Amen? 
<laughs> Amen. Amen. Totally agree. Thank you for Thank sharing, you Melissa. God and we you. would love to hear you more. I think you might have sang one time. So don't be Yeah, I, I've sang about three <laughs> times at karaoke, but that was when we did it live and we had to do screen sharing. But I'm, I want to learn how to record. And that's something that I'd like to do this year. And my good friend, Tim Cummings, who doesn't live that far from me um, here in Seattle, um, he's agreed to show me how and um, help me with that. So um, oh, that's I'm, awesome. I'm grateful to him. The so, best yeah, is good enough, you know. <laughs> that's right. But God bless you both. And I will make other comments um, when the time comes because I am a trained singer and I might have some some other suggestions. But oh, sure, but That'd I, be great. But but I and I I, I will ask Gudrun a question because um, because um, she's blind and I'd like to know some things about her vocal coaching. So anyway, God bless. Okay, fantastic. All right, I think we can take, um, let's do one more hand, um, and then we'll go back to our presentation. All right, next we have Nora. Hi. Hello, Nora. Hello. I tell, uh, just when I got Nora, I've got feeling too, and uh, although I have a hearing loss, and I can't hear on my left ear, hard of hearing on my right ear, but once I wear a hearing aid, Sounds that is compatible to my, to what as well as I want to hear, and I can sing good. As long as I know the tune. <laughs> mm hmm sure. And I like That's to learn how to, yeah, I like to have voice lessons. Awesome. Well, we appreciate that you're here, and we hope yeah. that you can learn some things from this call. And yeah, um, thanks for being here. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, so Matt had mentioned the the benefits of singing, and, and we're going to sort of tandem along with that. And we're going to talk for a minute about the concept of your body as an instrument um, in terms of how does taking care of yourself um, help your voice. And um, I think this is an important kind of concept because, you know, we're so busy running around and doing things and um you know, um, maybe with our families or with our work that sometimes we can just kind of leave our bodies as sort of the last thing that we, we think about. But taking care of yourself does help you in terms of, you know, vocal health and just, just overall stamina. So Goodrin, um, why don't you go ahead and tackle this question about, you know, voices instrument. Yeah, um, well, uh, the body uh, as an instrument, I also sometimes think of it as a, a singing machine because it, there's, um, and I like to go from the bottom of the body and up, <clears throat> and um, I, uh, so I think about it, whatever, whether it's a machine, uh, an instrument, but I start with, I feel that the soles of your feet is a source of strength under you know so under the soles of your feet you imagine that you have a power source there and warmth imagine that warmth goes up all through the body and th that's basically the idea of feeling grounded as you perform uh, whatever your feet position uh, are is best for you to feel grounded of course that that helps if you have a, a favorite uh, stance having your feet uh, hip this distance apart or a little closer or, or whether you want to turn out one foot or something but <clears throat> imagine that power source under your feet and warmth go up through the legs and up through the lower body and everything and the knees should be straight but not tense so uh, so if you have a slight bend in it that's okay and the 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 abdomen that's kind of um that expands as you inhale and it uh, retracts as you exhale and belly breathing i know it's not fashionable uh, you're supposed to breathe without the, the belly moving. That's when I, the way I grew up, I was taught. But that's totally thrown on its head now. B belly breathing is uh, not only okay, but recommended. Um, and um, under the rib cage, 
is where your air gets stored, uh, like a like a cushion of air, and that helps you to uh, produce the sound. And as you inhale, you should feel you should you inhale through the nose and exhale through the mouth. And as you inhale through the nose, your sideways sort of lifts a little bit. And it's almost as if you have a slight division before between the upper body and the lower body. And, and you're engaging your core. It's a, it's a, breathing in and out consciously is a, go, a good core exercise. It's a gentle core exercise. <laughs> and, and then, so then your shoulders should be relaxed and down and back, pulled back a little bit. That, and this opens up your chest area. And uh, what uh, we do often when we are uh, approaching that dangerous high note is that we crunch a little bit. So the shoulders jump up to behind, beside your ears and you tend to pull them forward and uh, you, because you're tensing yourself for the onslaught, don't do that. Instead, you, you need to have confidence even at the risk of cracking. Uh, cracking is not the best, the worst thing that can happen to you. It's just part of warming up. Just as when you warm up physically, you can have creaking and cracking in your joints. You may have some unlovely notes when you're vocalizing to warm up. That's okay. Welcome them because they will eventually lead to the more beautiful notes at the end of the road. And uh, so that's, let's see, anything else that I should say here? Uh, so, and also, uh, you should feel a gentle lift from your neck and up as if something is you, you maybe you, you can think of it as having a loop at the top of your head and there is a hook that uh, if you try to bend your head forward the hook will be straining and you, you will be less comfortable so imagine that you're hanging from that loop um, and um, imagine that your neck is a stem and you have that flower that's your head you know and so you should feel a tiny bit of a stretch from the base and up not exaggerated but a gentle one and um, uh, okay that's about um, well how does taking care of you, myself help the voice well that's so highly personal, but staying hydrated, that is a good rule. Something that is hard to do is avoiding that clearing of the throat to get rid of any gunk that we have, especially in the morning. Uh, the recommendation there is instead to sing past it. Just keep singing over it. Go back over it and try to sing over it because... According to good voice hygiene, clearing the voice will actually scratch, cause scratching, more scratching. It's hard to not clear your voice. I know that I was doing it here. Uh, it so it takes some nerve to sing past the the the, the stuff like that when when it's not when it doesn't feel clear. Uh, yeah, so, so before you perform, allow some time before you're performing so you can take some time to sing over that gunk, the, that scratch, whatever it is. Then it should go away. So keeping in reasonable good physical shape that uh, help the body, obviously. But uh, are there chubby people out there uh, who are out of shape and can they sing well absolutely uh, they, 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 they um you know my, my i can uh, i think uh, glenn yarbrough who, one of my idols 
he was a tubby shaped you know he was definitely overweight <laughs> and so so that's uh, yeah <laughs> that's uh, probably all i have to say right now on that uh, subject okay awesome um the only thing i would probably add um i know things that that i try and do when i'm singing and by the way i think one of the, we might put on a as a future topic um how to sing uh, talking about singing when you're sick or if you have allergies sure. if there's anything that oh, you yeah. can do in reference to that yep. um but what i try and do is avoid things that are going to cause me heartburn um Oh, yeah. So, like, if I know that I'm going to be trying to record a karaoke track, I'm probably not going to eat a pizza, 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 pizza. <laughs> <laughs> no chocolate. <laughs> and I'm also not going to drink soda because as much as I love these sugary carbonated drinks, I feel like they dry out my throat. So, like, um, you know, I take all this stuff way too seriously, but um, I usually stick with water. Um, and I usually will try, if, if I know I'm going to sing in an hour, then I start trying to hydrate myself like an hour before, just so that everything, you know, has time to, um, you know, get, get lubricated and, and um, that, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling um, like I'm, I'm not going to have a dry throat or any of that stuff. Um, Grapes are supposed to be good, too. Grapes. I'm sorry, what did? Grapes. Are supposed oh, to be good. Yep. Oh, I love grapes. Yeah, well, that works okay. for me. Have a manly. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, singing, you know, singing takes energy. So also, you know, just trying to make sure that you you're getting good rest uh, in your life, and um, and that you're you know giving your permission to take giving yourself permission to take care of your body because it's really really important um, to to be able to you know, take time to do that. Um, okay, so before we, you know, I have a little bit more about, um, Goodwin had mentioned breathing, and I have a couple more things to say um, about that particular aspect. But before we get into sort of that, Goodwin, how often should a person practice um, singing in order to improve or, you know, is it, does it take a lot of time? So we spend hours and hours. What is a good sort of rule of thumb for that? Well, um, practicing is often where we fall down, you know, because there's stuff going on in life and, oh, I can sing this and, and so forth. But but uh, practicing is a way of painting over the cracks, working uh, across the 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 uh, melody through a phrase that uh, tends to stump us, or uh, bring or bring out the least favorable thing about our voice. Sometimes certain passages can do that <laughs> to you. Uh, now, I think uh, I tell my students uh, sing at least ten minutes a day. Maybe I should up that. Sing to half an hour a day because maybe then they will get ten minutes in. Who knows? You know, uh, <laughs> being <laughs> how things are sometimes. And the, most of the student people I work with are adults, and uh, that means that there are lots of uh, of uh, um, you know appointments and obligations that have to be fulfilled. So. But try to shoot for half an hour a day, 20 minutes, 10 minutes. But the more you can practice with the idea of practicing, just to go through some exercises that you may have on tape or some, some that you have gotten from your teacher, whatever. Uh, I think half an hour a day is a good uh, thing. So, yeah. And if you... Um... There's a lot of free exercises um, that you can find on YouTube if you're looking for anything from vocal warm-ups to um, you know just various various types of exercises. Um, so so there are some that you can find for free. Um, you can also find some if you are a subscriber 
to Apple Music and you look up the word vocal exercises, you can also find some in there. I didn't realize that there were that many and I actually created a playlist with a bunch of these exercises from all these various uh, vocal coaches that are there. So if you subscribe to Apple Music, um, that's a good place to also find them. Um, and yeah, lost my train of thought. Oh, we, we were talking about exercises and... Oh, uh, Goodrin, one thing you mentioned uh, in, in the notes that, that we had, that we had mm -hmm. talked about before, was having a specific place to practice. Um, and I know oh, that yeah. we, we do that in our house. Um, and it, it just is kind of a good, you know, we have binders of songs and, you know, different things. And it's actually where I'm sitting right now. Um, if my daughter ever comes home from college, her room is not the same anymore. It's filled with all of our music stuff. Um, mm. Part of that is because it's in the corner of our house that's far away from everybody. So that when Ron is working in, on his own Zoom calls, nobody can hear me go, nah, 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 you know, <laughs> like all these weird noises that you make when you're, when you're singing. But, but if you have the ability to, to create a space, that's, you know, you can kind of make it fun and, and, um, you know, even if it's a little, um, I don't know, singing bag or box that you have where you've got your, you know, if you're playing around with microphones or, or lyrics or whatever, um, that's always fun. Um, any thoughts on that before we move on? Goodrin? Uh, no, I think it, uh, yeah, the, you can sing it, you know, obviously the shower is a good, but, you know, some, sometimes you can find a, wherever you feel comfortable, where you can have your, where there's a place, if you're using a tape recorder, where you can have your tape recorder somewhere where you can reach it handy and stop it. So if you need to, and so forth, there's a place for your, if you have notes, that you have a place where that can be, if you want to sit on it. A, a chair or stand or something you can maybe have uh, if you need to have a music stand whatever you need to be comfortable when you sing when you practice awesome and remember to always have fun right I mean I, yeah. I can get pretty serious about this stuff um, but the point is that that you're there to have fun and to have a good time and and to work on it but not stress out over it because, um, you know, every time you sing something, it's always going to sound a little bit different. So, you know, don't don't stress out over um, if something is you don't feel is perfect. Um, OK, so I wanted to touch back on, on Goodrin mentioned breathing. And I think this is the last thing that, that at least I have on my list to cover today before we um, go back to a final Q&A. Um, and that is the exercise of what a lot of people I've heard it termed as what's called bathtub breathing. A lot of people learn how to do this when you're learning to meditate. Um, so before I kind of talk about that for a second, I just want to give you some fun facts. And that is that according to Healthline, the average adult uh, takes 12 to 20 breaths per minute. And obviously that is a range that's based on whether you're asleep um, or whether you're exercising. So that's the range between, you know, maybe around 12 when you're asleep versus maybe around 20 when you're trying to do aerobics or something like that. Um, and when you do the math, which I did with Alexa, because I'm terrible at numbers, you come out with 23,000 breaths on average every 24 <laughs> hours. So your body is an amazing instrument and it pretty much does it without you really having to think too hard. Um, but I think that was pretty incredible. And um, so, you know, Goodwin mentioned that you want to inhale through your nose and with the bathtub breathing, you inhale through your nose. And as you're inhaling slowly, you count four seconds, then you hold your breath for four seconds 
And then you exhale through your mouth for four seconds. Um, and yeah, that's, that's part a good of the exercises that I was taught too with, with my vocal instructor, but we weren't in the bathtub, but the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know who told me that term, but, but that's how I learned it. It was okay. it's called bathtub. And I don't know why, maybe because it's like sort of a three-sided breath, you know? <laughs> I have no idea why. Um, but the the point is, is that you do this, this four seconds, um, four seconds in, four second inhale, four second exhale. And once you're comfortable with that, then you add another second onto it. Um, so then you're doing five and then six and then seven and then eight. And obviously not all in one day. Um, but your goal is you know, to obviously get to, to higher and higher numbers, which is going to help you when you're singing songs like that auctioneer song where uh, that um, Melissa was talking about, where if you've ever heard it, you know, sometimes you'll hear a song and you go, when does the person actually breathe? Um, like, how do they get that many words out? Um, Holly did such a song once before. Yeah. I just wanted to let you know that we're just about at the 10 minute mark and you have four hands raised. So, okay, perfect. Um, so the last thing that I want to say is, um, if you're the type of person that doesn't want to inhale and in your head go one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three, 1,000, four, 1,000, you're trying to count seconds in your head, um, you can use the A-Lady um, because there's a free metronome skill that's on there. Um, and uh, so that can help you with, with um, also if you, if you play an instrument, um, you can set it to however many beats per second. And that's, I found that to be helpful when I'm attempting to play the piano. Um, and you activate it by saying, a lady, turn on the metronome. Um, and she'll, you know, give you the name of the metronome company, which I can't remember off the top of my head. It sounds like Zaza or something like that. Um, but she can play anywhere between 40 to 199 beats per minute. So obviously if you set it for 60 beats per minute you're going to get a, a, a clicking sound every second so right. if you're trying to do these these breathing things um you can use that and and that can be helpful so that you're not um you know it helps kind of keep your keep your timing going um any comments before we take our final q a's Gudrun? no let's take the q a's yeah perfect yeah all right first we have abby Good morning, Abby. This is a great blow. This is a great presentation. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, I have I've heard something. We were talking earlier about what you shouldn't consume before singing. Well, I've heard that you should not consume dairy products. Yeah, is that right. correct? Okay. Yeah. Is there correct. And is there anything other foods that we should avoid? Alcohol. You know, besides <laughs> spicy stuff that we should avoid. Alcohol before singing. Alcohol, okay. Yeah. Okay, um, alcohol, yeah. soda, and dairy products. Yeah, yeah all okay. the fun stuff, yeah. All <laughs> the fun stuff, okay. Yeah. All right, well, that was all I needed to know. Thank you so much for this. is great. Awesome. Rob, Thank you to, that you should programs during a performance. <laughs> Rob, be quiet. <laughs> I'm sorry, what, what was that now? I didn't quite catch that. He what? said you should not be having sex during the performance. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's valuable. not a problem because I'm a widow, so that's not going to be a problem. Okay. <laughs> Rob. That might be a little difficult there. With the, um, okay. Uh, thank you, Abby. That's a, that's a wonderful question. And... Um, Thank you for asking it and for being here. And who's our next hand? Okay, Lucy. Jill is up next and then Lucy after her. So go ahead, Jill. Thank you. Um, this is Jill. I'm from Northeast Seattle, um, Northeast of Seattle. So we're like practically neighbors. Um, I A yeah. uh, couple of things I wanted to note um, when, I when we were talking, other people were talking is that my dad had a midbrain stroke, which means that it affected both sides of his head. And he wasn't able to speak, but he could sing just perfectly. 
And Aww. so we were able to communicate that way. It was, it was wonderful. Um, wow. Really that's cool. awesome. And then you think of um, the King's speech, that movie um, that the guy had a stutter, but he was able to speak fine if he was singing. Mm-hmm. So I just think the brain is incredible. Um, yeah. And then um, my uh, friend who is a, a performer, she always ate Lay's potato chips before a performance. And she said it was either the oil or the salt or something that, um, you know, kind of lubricated her throat. So I I would describe that to personal preferences and idiosyncrasies because (laughs) that would not be recommended by most uh, but I'm not saying if it works for her, uh, God bless her, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was a great excuse to have a yeah. <laughs> That's fascinating. That's hilarious. I seem to think that that uh, Carly Simon, I, I don't know if I read it somewhere, had uh, issues with either shyness and speech, but but all those, you know, seem to be a lot better when she would sing. Um, sure. So, oh, yeah, wow. it's definitely true for many, many people. Wow. Um, Thank you for having this. This has been fascinating. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Let's uh, move on to Darcy. Is there anyone? We haven't taken the clubhouse hand. Yeah, he hasn't had his hand up, so. Okay, perfect. All right, go ahead, Desi. Who's next? Okay, Lucy is next. Uh All right. So a couple of quick things. Should you be standing when you sing? Is that the best posture? I mean, I think it's the best uh, posture for singing. Uh, now, um, I think that if you're singing classically um, and you want to re- reach the high notes, because it, it, it allows for the best expansion of the rib cage as you're breathing and that sideways lift and all that stuff. Okay. Uh, when you're sitting, you could be, th- that could scrunch you up a little bit. Uh, so I would say definitely if you're singing something challenging, stand okay. up. But if you're singing to your guitar and it's a, you know, uh, yeah. it, it's a we shall overcome or something, I think sitting down is fine, you know. And then do hot liquids help to relax your throat? <clears throat> it, that, yeah, I think it can. Tea probably is good. Mm-hmm. Maybe tea with lemon. And okay. I think uh, hot chocolate would not be because right. it's into dairy and so forth. But yeah, I think okay. hot liquid could be very good. Okay, great. Thanks. Awesome. All right. I think we have time for one more hand. If okay, we, we have it. about three minutes left okay. and we have a bunch of hands up, but okay. sorry, everyone. Um, You'll have to come back next month. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so who's next? Okay, we're going to take Rachel, because uh, the person above her has already spoken. So, Rachel, go ahead. Um, hi, Desi. Hi, Gudrun. Um, hi, Lisa. Um, my uh, question for you, um, uh, I know you're not a doctor. I get that. But um, I've been coming to karaoke for about two years. You would never know that there was a problem. Um I had a, a voice teacher. She was really, really strict. It's definitely, definitely psychological. Because when I go to record my song, before I send it, I have to do it three or four times before I send it. Because one mistake, I start panicking. I start freaking out because I want the song to be perfect. Is there something that can be done about this? Um, know that it's never perfect. Um, I mean, because every time you sing something, at least at least that's what I have figured is that it's there's always something that's going to be a little different. Mm-hmm. Maybe a word is different than last week or you held a note longer than last week. Um, and and we're not we're not in a recording studio where we can take the best of well, maybe Tim can <laughs> where we can take the best of five recordings and splice it into one. I mean, even professional singers will say, um, I, I, you know, I could have done this a little better, or I could have done that a little better. Um, and I think the key is to just do the best that you possibly can. Um, reach for the stars, reach for, for perfection, 
but but give yourself a break and know that that if there's something that's off you're probably the only one that's really going to notice it um and and just try to enjoy the journey i have a quick recommendation if you have if you have something like reaper and you know how to use it punch and roll uh we can cover that in another topic but that's uh that's how to fix something like that rachel reaper it's called punch and roll but i'll talk about that more at some okay. other time it's a so- it's a software i think it's uh, a it's a, a it's a okay, software ladies, technique we're, we're just yeah. about at the top of the hour so all right so the final thing is um if you would like to um give us any other feedback you can email gudrun gudrun can you give your your website real fast bruno gudrun b-r-u-n-o-t G-U-D-R-U-N at hotmail.com. That's Bruno with a T, Gudrun at hotmail.com. And it's two U's in Gudrun. So it's G-U-D-R-U-N. It's not, I've been called Gudren, Gudrin, Gudron, Gudren. (laughs) And it's Gudrun with two U's, you know. Okay. Perfect. And um, uh, the reason that we can give Gudrun's information is because she has a business and a website um, so you can contact her at her website, which is goodrinbruno.com, um, same way that she just spelled it, um, except it's first name and last name. Um, we hope to see you guys in another month uh, when we are back again for our second segment in the series. We appreciate your time and thank you for joining us. Thank you to Desi and Darcy for your hosting and streaming uh, with us today. And thanks to my partner, Goodrin. Have a wonderful day, everybody. See you next month. Thank you. And thanks, Lisa, because she's done all the legwork to get this set up. (laughs) Okay, guys.